Exodus chapter 5, verse 1. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord? That I should obey his voice to let Israel go. I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. So they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go three days' journey into the desert and sacrifice to the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with, the pest, with pestilence or with the sword. So today as we take a look here at chapter 5, we see the title, uh, Trusting Through the Trouble. And that there's times in our lives as a Christian that troubles do come in our lives. And many times as Christians, we are told if you're a brand new Christian, and many times we hear that even in many churches today, once you give your life to Christ, everything is going to be beautiful and wonderful and great. And some false teachings out there believe that you'll become wealthy and healthy and wise and that you will never have troubles in your life. And if you do, you have, it's because of sin. But that's false teaching. We know that even as Christians and we're in the will of God, we can still experience trouble being in the will of God. And we will see that today. And we see it here in the life of Moses and Aaron and the Israelites who are now in the, for the last 430 years in the the nation of Egypt. Now, if you remember where we left off last week on end of chapter 4, notice in verse 31 what was taking place. It said that, so the people believed. Believed what? Believed exactly what Moses and Aaron told them to tell, that God told them to tell them his word. God said, Moses and Aaron, I need you to go to the people and go to the leaders of Israelites there in Egypt and you need to tell them this. And I'm going to give you three signs to show and re-emphasize that I'm not be, I'm being really serious. This is, this is me speaking. The God, the God of, the, the, of the patriarchs, God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. This is the God I'm talking about here. So they did exactly what they did. And the people believed the word that Moses said. But notice what happens once you hear the word of God, what it should cause you to do. Look what happened. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel that he had looked on their affliction, then they bowed their heads and worshipped. Do you notice what happens? When you hear the word of God, speaking to your heart about something, you realize God is showing up, God is actually speaking to you, God is revealing himself to you, and it should cause you to be very humbled, that like them, they bowed their heads, there was a brokenness, a humbleness of the God, of the presence of God, and they worshipped him. They praised him. They honored him. They glorified God. That is what we're to do when that happens. So what? here they are. Now we're going into the finishing. We're going to continue down this historical event. What happened next? Moses and Aaron did the second thing he, they were supposed to do, right? Two commandments from God. Go to the Israelites. Go to the leaders. Tell them this. Show them these signs. And then go to who? To Pharaoh. Tell them this and show them the signs. So they're just being obedient. And that's what happens. When you're sitting there and you're humbled and you're worshiping God, 
and God reveals to you a calling and tells you what you need to do, you are then to be obedient and go do it. Now, this is significant here if you haven't caught it yet. If you haven't read ahead, you probably hadn't caught it, but I hope you catch it now. Because here Moses and Aaron did exactly what they were commanded to do by God. They went to Pharaoh and they gave exactly what they were supposed to say. And they said, let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. Notice the words. Not let your people, Pharaoh, go. But no, let my people go. Meaning, Moses saying, their God told me to tell you to let his people go. Now, of course, Pharaoh, who is the most powerful man of that time, the most powerful nation, Egypt, who is seen as God by the people, he wasn't some public figure. He wasn't some, the, you know, just a public figure out there, an uh, elected official. <laughs> this is Pharaoh. This is someone who saw himself as God, let alone people worshipped him as God. What do you think he's going to say? Well, we see the result. Verse 2, Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. So his response is exactly what you would expect would happen, right? Because from our perspective, knowing the position of Pharaoh and the leadership and how he sees himself, he has to sit there and say, I, I worship many gods. I worship the god of the sun. That's what Egypt does. The Egypt, in those days, worshiped the sun, the god sun. And so he's sitting there going, I don't know who this guy is you're talking about, this Lord, because I'm God, and I know my god, the sun god. So who's this Lord telling me to let his people go when they're my people. I, they're my slaves. They work for me. I'm the boss. I'm the, I'm the CEO of this, this place. These people work for me. And so it happens. Because I do not know the Lord, why would he be obedient to someone telling him that the Lord said to let those people go? If you don't know God and you don't believe his word, you will not be obedient to what his word says. As a Christian, you know you're a Christian by your obedience to his word. Those who want to be Christians, been hanging around like a Christian, doing the religious thing as a Christian, but have not been born again, you will hear the word, but you, you won't be obedient to the word. You will have no desire to read the word of God. As a child of God, you desire to know the word of God, and you desire for God to help you to do the work that God's called you to do. Be obedient to it. So we see here that, of course, Pharaoh is going to naturally react because he thinks he's God. Who is this other God? I'm going to put my, give up my authority to give it to him? I don't think so. Even though everything was going so well, 
they had such a tremendous experience, a mountaintop experience, worshiping God. Everyone's humbled, worshiping God, praising God. He showed up, and we're going to go do this, and we're going to go see Pharaoh, and we're going to let the, he's going to tell them to let the people go, and they're just going to, he's just going to do this. In their mindset, they're in the will of God. They're doing the, the work of God, and you know Pharaoh, you know Moses and Aaron, was in, in, the, in, the, in the officers, the, the Israelite leaders there in, in Egypt had to have that mindset, God is in this. This is going to all go exactly to plan, right? See, here's the things that we struggle with as a Christian. If you're, doing in the, if you're in the will of God and you're doing the work of God, you expect many times like they that it, there'll be no troubles. It's not true. We'll get resistance. We will get pushback. It will not go smoothly according to how you see it was going to play out. Now, here's the challenge as we go. As we walk with the Lord and he reveals truths and promises to you, you must write those down. If you have a short memory, you better write those down because Moses and Aaron forgot something, didn't they? God told them early on, as we saw early on in the scripture, that God said he, what would happen. You're going to go to Pharaoh. You're going to say these things. You're going to show them his signs. And Pharaoh is going to say absolutely no. He's going to say no to you. So why would they not experience that? be surprised about this, right? So let's see how it all continues to play out here. So as we take a look at this, it, it reminds you, doesn't it? I'm having a little flashback here of in Acts. Remember the disciples as they were gathering together and like, okay, what's this, all the challenges that are happening? <laughs> Being in the ministry is not easy. Not easy to be in the ministry, right? So Acts 4.29 says, now, now the Lord said, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they will speak your word. That is what we're called to do just like just like Moses was called to do. That when you're, when you're seeking after God and, and you're in the will of God and you're about to go do something for God and you're worshiping him and he's saying, go forth and go do it. There's going to be threats. There's going to be all kinds of, of all things are going to come against you. Troubles will come against you. But your servants, as it says in Acts 4, 29, are servants that with all boldness may go out and speak your word. And that's exactly what Moses did. That's what Aaron did. Because they were just in, propelled by, the, the, by, by God himself to go out and, to meet and walk into the most powerful man's throne and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Now, you know what's interesting? Some people say, oh, they didn't expect this. No. God already told them there was going to see, he was going to say no. And two, don't forget, Moses grew up in these royal courts. He knew exactly who Pharaoh was and how that position and that power of that man was going to respond in a natural way like he would always. So even though he knew that the Pharaoh that he was going into is going to absolutely not going to receive this, and probably knows exactly the possibility of getting killed because he did come and approach Pharaoh, but Pharaoh allowed him to. 
He did it anyway. Did you notice that? May that be a reminder of us. When God says to go speak to someone and you go, that person's going to kill me if I say, tell them about the Lord. They're going to reject me if I tell them about the Lord. Or they're not going to, what, what is, what is my, 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 someone in the, in, in, the, in the work environment, what is my boss going to say if I talk about the things of God? See, all these things play out today, don't they? And so what, the question is, is will you be compelled by God to be obedient and go do what he's asked you to do and go share it anyway? Or will you cowardly come back and say, oh, I can't do that. I, I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to lose my neighbors. I don't want to have bad neighbors you know, you know, start persecuting me. And all these kinds of fears come up. Not for Moses and Aaron. They worshiped and they went. May we be in worship and go do what God's called us to do. Now, as we continue to look at this, now remember one of the key things before we move on here. Remember, revelation, a revelation from God is directly linked to obedience to God. Pharaoh didn't respond and be obedient to the word of God, letting his, God's people go. Why? Because he had no desire to have a relationship with God. He had no intention of obeying, listening and obeying to God. But if we desire to be obedient to the Lord, we will need to understand that to receive something from God, a revelation from God, from His Word, to do what and give direction to do what He's called us to do, we must first be obedient for the first thing He tells us to do. The first step. Take that step. You must be obedient to take that step before he gives you direction and revelation of what the next step it is that you need to do. It's a step by step. It's a, it's a living by faith and not by sight. And so many people have to see everything lined out. I need to see all the details and you're only giving me this one thing. I, you know, there's a lot of things that need to be done. I understand that. I'm an operations guy. So I have to always look for what all the contingencies. That's what I do for a living, right? But we need to live by faith. If God said to do this, then he is going to reveal the steps after that as we are obedient to each step that he reveals to us. That's how are we to live. Now notice here, he, they said in the beginning, he, they told Pharaoh what they needed to do, but at the end of verse 3, they said, please let us go to a three days journey into the desert and sacrifice to the Lord our God. And they give an emphasis that really wasn't an emphasis from God, but they added the emphasis there at the end of verse 3. says, lest he fall upon us with pestilence and with sword. Meaning, God's going to strike us if we're not obedient. And if you don't let this go, we're going to be in trouble. And you might lose us anyway if you don't let us go, because God is going to wipe us out. They were trying to really coerce their Pharaoh to make that happen. Now notice there, because people look at it two different ways. Was it a... One journey, day's journey out, then a day of worship, and then a one-day journey back. And, uh, and that's what the three-day journey is into the desert? Or was it truly three days into the desert, a day of worship, and then three, technically three days coming back, which means they're asking Pharaoh, 
let two point some odd, th almost three million people leave here <laughs> out three days journey to worship their Lord. They didn't say they were coming back. Do you know this? Pharaoh's not a dumb man, I'm sure. He, he was like, they're not lining up. You're only saying you're going a three-day journey out there. You're asking me to let these people go for a whole week of vacation? To go worship their Lord? You want a day off on a Sunday to go worship your Lord, to go to church? We got work to do here. You know how busy we are at the store? At the job? Do you know how critical your position is? You can't. What, what, you, what's a big deal missing a church day? When we are really important. It's just your livelihood. If you didn't have this job, you know, you wouldn't be able to eat. Have a roof over your head. See, there's nothing new under the sun, is it? Many of our brothers and sisters have faced that where they've asked for a Sunday off to be able to come and worship God and the, your heathen, unbelieving boss says, what's so important about church? You can miss it, no big deal. See, there's nothing, you, should, you, have, to, you have to see how the, the Pharaoh's looking at this. Why would I let them go? They're productive, they're slaves of mine. They're making money here for me. So what happens? We see it plays out here a little bit more in verse 4. Then the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people from their work? Get back to your labor. So Pharaoh's sitting here going, wait a minute. Get, what are you talking about? This is crazy stuff that you're telling me to let these people not work. I mean, they're work. You go back to the, your labor. I read that too, back to your labor. Does that mean they came out there? And they started working with their brothers and sisters there in Egypt before they went into Pharaoh? Or are they, he's saying, I don't know what you do, go back to your work. <laughs> Get out of my face, go back and do what you're doing, but do something because I don't want to hear this anymore. Verse 5 says, And Pharaoh said, Look, the people of the land are many now, and you make them rest from their labor. You're, this talk that you're talking and, and filling in their heads of what they need to do and go out into the desert for three days, it's causing them to stop focusing on what they're supposed to do and they're getting distracted and they're not building the bricks. I need them back to work because they're talking about God too much here and going out to serve him. Stop it. And so what happened, verse 6, so the same day Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people and their officers saying, you shall no longer give the people straw to make brick as before. Let them go and gather the straw for themselves. Uh-oh, more trouble. Pharaoh didn't waste any time putting the pressure point on his slaves, on these people to say, let me tell you who's boss. You will. We have a process here. The process is the Egyptians got the straw, brought them to the Hebrews, the Hebrews, the Israelites made the bricks, used the straw to make these bricks, and everything was moving smoothly. Now you start talking about this possibility of having some time off to go to the desert. I don't like it. I'm going to put pressure on you, and I'm going to make you do more with less at work. I'll put pressure on you. I'll make your life miserable at work because you're sitting there telling me you want time off. And so he commanded. 
to the, to the Egyptians. Do not help them in the process of making bricks anymore. Do not give them the straw. They have to go get the straw themselves. But notice, it doesn't stop there. What happens, verse 8? And you shall lay on them the quota of bricks which they made before. You shall not reduce it, for they are idle. Therefore, they cry out, saying, Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Verse 9, Let more work be laid on them, that they may labor in it, and let them not regard this false words. The boss, Pharaoh, did not like being told what to do. I don't care if it's for religious reasons, as we would hear today. And typically, someone who is hardened, hearts are hardening against the things of God, they will retaliate and they will always get meaner. And that will come in all kinds of forms. Some are very subtle forms, but a hardened heart will get meaner and more aggressive. And Pharaoh made it very clear because he thinks he's God. He's in control, right? So it doesn't have to be subtle. So what does he do? Stop getting them in the straw and make sure they meet their same quota. More work, less resources. But it's a burden that he's going to place on them. Why? Because that's what the enemy does. He'll place a burden on you to weigh you down, to get you to, to, to break, so that you will come back and cry. Even though they're coming back and crying, we will see. Look at how the enemy works. And see, what happens is, it's, and that's why we're reminded of Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30. When the enemy or the, the things of this world puts a burden on you and tries to squish you down to keep you in line, this, Matthew 11 says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lonely in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Notice the two key things. You must come to, to the Lord. If you're feeling heavy laden, you're feeling burdened, you're feeling stressed out and anxiety filled, you are to come to him. And just, there's nothing you can do except one thing. The scriptures there in verse 11, or chapter 11 said, Come to me, take on my yoke, which is light, and what? Learn of me. What does that mean? Study the word of God. Know your God that is revealed in the scriptures. That is how you can get the burden to come off, the heavy load that you're bearing to come off, is to come into his presence and learn of him because he wants to teach you. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things that you need. Amen? And then what happens? Verse 10, And the taskmasters of the people and their officers went out. They heard what Pharaoh said. They're commanded to go out and tell all those Israelites, all those slaves, what to do. They went out and spoke to the people, saying, This says Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. Go and get yourselves straw where you can find it, yet none of your work will be reduced. So the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble instead of straw. 
And the taskmasters forced him to hurry, saying, Fulfill your work, your daily quota, as when there was, was straw. Also the officers of the children of Israel, the foremen, right? These are the foremen over the workers. The, the, also the, the office of the foremen of the children of Israel, whom Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over them, were beaten and were asked, why have you not fulfilled your task in making brick both yesterday and today as before? So now the temperature is increasing. Pharaoh tells the officers and the taskmasters, tell the people, go find your own straw now. You're not getting any help from us, but you still have to meet your quota. And as they get, this gets, gets increased and there's crying and there's, there's all this, this complaining that's happening now. And they're sitting there and they can't even find straw. They find what? Stubble. Anything that they can find. Why? Because that's, they understood that, 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 that um, even stubble, or in this case the straw, has an acidity that helps bind those bricks and heal, uh, to, to strengthen them and to dry them and to make them hard. So it's hard to make bricks to, if you don't have the materials necessary to do this. So they're out there scattering to pick up something they've never had to do before. They can't find it. They're not meeting their quotas. And then what happens? The taskmasters start beating the foreman. Because if they start beating the foreman, what will the foreman do? They'll beat the, they'll beat the people. Nothing new in the sun, is it? The boss not happy. They go to the next step down in the ranks. They beat them. They yell, scream, yell, threaten, whatever they do. And then what do those officers do? What do those NCOs do? What do those, those managers and supervisors, whatever they are in your, in your line of business do? They come down and do what? They beat you. You have extra work, extra duty, extra this, extra that. Anything to put pressure on to get people who seem to be out of line to get them back into line. That's not godly. Do you know that? <laughs> Did you ever see Jesus ever beat the 12 disciples and then tell the 12 disciples to go beat the other followers that were following them? Did you, did you see any of that leadership style coming out of Jesus? No. No. But we're talking worldly people here. So we see that, that they sit there and they beat the, uh, these, these foremen and they asked why you're not keeping up with what it is because it was impossible for them to do it uh, and they knew it. In verse 15, then the officers, the foremen of the children of Israel came and cried out to Pharaoh saying, why are you dealing thus with your servants? There is no straw given to your servants and they say to us, make brick. And indeed, your servants are beaten, but the fault is your own people. So the, these foremen, these, these officers of the children of Israel, says, we're getting beaten here. We're not going to be able to make this. So what are we going to do in this time of trouble? Who are we going to trust to figure out how to solve this problem? What do they do? They turn to the world. They turn to Pharaoh. To get him to try to convince him to stop his uh, his uh, his uh, taskmasters from beating them and demanding them to meet the brick quota with no straw. So they go. They didn't go to God and 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 pour out their heart. God help us. 
You brought us to this point, God. You said that you were going to set us free. You said to say these things to Pharaoh. You said, God, to do this. They didn't go to God and talk to him about this, did they? They didn't even go to the leaders that God appointed over them, which was Moses and Aaron, that they just got done worshiping and praising God for God sending them leaders to help them free them from the, the bondage of slavery away from Egypt into the, into the, to go into the promised land. Did they turn to the leaders that God appointed over them? No, they didn't. They went to Pharaoh. And they cried out, Pharaoh, your taskmasters are not telling the, your people to give us the straw to make the bricks. And we're not able to beat this. And they're beating us. This is not right. What is Pharaoh going to do? Is he going to say, oh, I'm sorry. Thank you for bringing that clarity to me. No. We see in verse 17, but he said, Pharaoh said, you are idle, idle. Therefore you say, let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Catch this subtleness. Did you notice Pharaoh didn't answer or respond to these officers of the children of Israel properly, did he? They came in complaining that they were being beaten because they weren't getting the straw to make the bricks. Look what was on Pharaoh's head, what came out of his mouth. He just, he all, all he heard is wah, 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 wah. That's all he heard was complaining. What his heart was, what was troubling him was he was still back to what Moses and Aaron said to him. And that's what came out of the, you're idle. Idle, you're not productive, you're not working. That's all that mattered to him. And that you're not, you're idle, you're not working because you want to go somewhere to sacrifice to the Lord. Do you notice that? He didn't care about these people. He was so prideful. So hard-hearted because his mindset was all about productivity, getting what he wants to get done, done, and his authority being challenged. The root of sin is what? That pride in a man's life. And that pride can bring a man down. And we will see that played out, won't we, the rest of Exodus. We're going to see that pride. That man's going to go. And so what happens? Verse 18, therefore, go now and work. Just get out of my face. Go, go work. For no straw will shall be given, to, given you, yet you shall deliver the quota of bricks. And the officers of the children of Israel saw that they were in what? Trouble after it was said, you shall not reduce any bricks from your daily quota. What they just did is just stirred up the hornet's nest, man. They should have gone to God and they should have went to Moses and Aaron and they should have trusted. They need to be trusting through the trouble that they find themselves in. Now, if you're in trouble, if you find yourself in trouble today, who are you going to turn to through that trouble? Are you going to go to the Lord and humbly trust him through this trouble? Or do you think you can go find someone higher up in rank to figure out how to get you out of this? I'll go talk to the CEO of the company. 
That's who's going to get me out of this. Be very careful who you turn to because notice this. It's God's will, God's calling, God's directing. It's God's plan. And that's why they're in this trouble. <laughs> Do you notice that? That is why they're in this trouble that they find themselves in. You don't have to make it worse by not doing it God's way by coming back to him and talking to him about all things. Don't be turning to the world to try to solve your problems. See, Christians, we do the same thing, don't we? We're all messed up life. We're finally at the end of our life. We're about to lose everything. We turn our life to God because we are finally broken and we need God in our lives. And you, God, please forgive me. I'm a wicked man. Please come into my life and save me change my life, I've got, to, I've got to change. I repent of my sin. And you're doing pretty well. You hear the call of God in your life. You're being obedient. You're worshiping him. You're in the word of God. You're, you're, everything seems to be going well. And all of a sudden, trouble comes. And you're like, wait a minute. This shouldn't be happening. I'm in the will of God. I don't, I'm not sinning. I'm, I'm no longer habitual sinning. All these things, I should be, everything should be so rosy here. But the response to the time of trouble will really determine how you're going to grow through that. Are you going to be trusting through the trouble by going to him with all things and allowing him to carry you through that valley? Or are you going to turn to the world? Or back to the flesh? I'll just work myself. Work, I'll work through this. Do you lean on your own understanding? Or do you lean on his understanding? Now, don't get me wrong. If you're in sin, God will bring that to light. Repent. It means 180 degree turn. <laughs> Walk, run. I, prefer, I, I would recommend you run from that sin. But you know, if you search and God's not revealing that there's no sin in your life that's habitual, that you're not letting go, then you know that God is allowing this trouble to take place in your life to do what? To refine you. To, to, to do a work in your life called sanctification. He's going to change you, mold you to his, closer into his image of what, who he is your character will become his, his character will become your character. And so this is what's happening. But here, they didn't go to God. They didn't go to Moses. They went to Pharaoh to think they could solve it themselves. And I will figure this out. Psalm 50, verse 15. Write this one down. I love this verse. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. But did he? No. It's Psalm 50, verse 15. You have to remember, in the days of trouble, who are you trusting? You must come to him, and he says, I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. That's what you need to do. And it should be a reminder of us as well. Why? Because they should have remembered God's promises, God's direction, God's calling, they forget those things when in time of trouble, you go back to the old ways to try to solve that trouble. And we are not to do that. 
You must remember God's promises. Remember God's calling in your life. Remember what he's asked you to do. And you are to be just a bit obedient and keep worshiping him and keep moving forward regardless of the troubles that you're dealing with. And they didn't do that. And you could sit there and see Moses going, what is happening here? I'm doing exactly what you called me to do, God. Why is this happening? It's not just happening to me, but it affects everyone around me. It's affecting the Israelites and the officers and, and, and my brother Aaron. It's affecting everybody here because I did what you have told me to do. But let me give you something very, very important for you to learn from. As a leader, as a servant of God, He's doing a work in your life, and he allows these troubles to come in your life to do that work. Imagine Aaron, uh, Moses all of a sudden saying, going, I'm 80 years old. I have gone through some refinement in my first 40 years, and then I was sent into the desert for another 40 years as a shepherd. I was a broken person. God's now calling me. I am, I'm good. I can lead your people out. I, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I can do this. And God's saying to him, and he's saying to us, you're never complete until we're into his presence. Even when you think you're ready to lead his people and to serve him in some capacity or to do a certain work, a good work that he's already had already planned out for you, he's just revealed it to you, now you're going to do it. He's going to bring you through these challenging refinement times to prepare you and to make you what he needs you to make you to be successful in that calling. So don't avoid what God's allowing in your life to do. It's a test, only a test. You've heard me say that. It's just a test, only a test, to refine you. Verse 20, then as they came out from Pharaoh, <laughs> guess who was there? They met Moses and Aaron who stood there to meet them. Can you imagine Aaron and Moses pacing? Are they going to come out dead or alive? You know, is Pharaoh going to take them out or, or what's going to happen? In verse 21, and they said to them, let the Lord look on you and judge because you have made us abhorrent in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants to put a sword in their hand to kill us. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Moses and Aaron, the leaders, out there wondering what's going to happen. And these guys went storming the castle and they found out Pharaoh don't like you storming the castle. And they come out and you think, Okay, Moses, we really screwed up. We shouldn't have gone in there. Trouble's even worse now. This is bad. Why didn't you stop us? Whatever. No, they, they, here's, here's Moses and Aaron, the, the leaders of God, right? And you see how the people come against them. That's, that's leadership 101, isn't it? It's amazing as a leader of his people and how the people will actually come against the leaders. It's sad. It shouldn't happen, but it does. And they're coming out and saying, let God, they're so confident. They say to them, because, you've, because of you, look, the Lord look on you and judge you. You caused this problem. You screwed up. They, they went back. Remember, it wasn't just too long ago that they were worshiping and accepted what God said. Now it's because there's trouble they're saying, we don't believe you and we're not supposed to listen to you and we're going to go back to work because we have to try to survive this whole thing. We're not listening to you any longer. 
to a point where we've made him so upset, we've given him a reason to kill us. And it's hard. How could, how could this be of God if people are coming against you and want to kill you? We call it today persecution. We haven't seen it to the degrees a lot of our brothers and sisters are experiencing overseas. But they're experiencing the beheadings and the killings because of their faith. What happens next? All that excitement, all the worship, all the faith, all the things that they proclaimed, God is with us, and now because Pharaoh is resisting them and going against them and now threatening their lives, they think that wasn't of God. Not true. Verse 22, so Moses returned to the Lord and said, Lord, why have you brought trouble on these, this people? Why is it you have sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people, neither have you delivered your people at all. Oh, Moses. <laughs> oh, Moses, not good. Not what you should. Now, it's a two, double side here. Congratulations, Moses. You did the right thing. You went to the Lord. <laughs> you went to the Lord. This is great. That's the first step. Great thing. But bad, why he went to the Lord. He did not go to the Lord with the right heart, did he? He didn't go back and cry out to the Lord, Lord, please help us. I know I'm in your will. I'm doing your direction. I'm doing, being obedient. I know this trouble you've allowed because nothing touches my life except Father filtered. I know you've allowed this test, this trouble in my life, and I'm trusting you through this trouble. I know you're going to be my answer. You're going to deliver us. You're going to do your promises, what you told us. You're going to be faithful in doing these. He didn't do that, did he? He literally went back to the Lord and he says, why have you brought trouble on this people? He didn't have ownership at all of these people. He didn't say, my people that you put me in charge of as a shepherd over the sheep. He is not my people. And he didn't say it was your people because it's your people ultimately. He said, this people. Like it's, I don't want anything to do with these people anymore. That's what he's saying. Oh, <laughs> you don't want to do that. And not only is that third question that he asked there, but he asked a fourth question right there. He also said, why is it you have sent me? He went back to one of the original excuses, remember? Who am I to go? I am nothing why would you send me to go do this work that you're calling me to do? I am nothing. I, I, I can't speak. I can't do this. I can't. And he throws it right back at God again. He forgot what the answer. God had already given him the answer to that question. And, but notice, he reminds God like he needs to be reminded or something. <laughs> Have you ever done that? God, you did tell me that. Remember? You, you told me. That. Yeah. Nothing new, right? We do the same thing. But he says, you told me to go to Pharaoh. And you told me to go speak to Pharaoh in your name. Not in my name. In your authority. And I did it. And he has done evil to this people. Moses, 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 Moses. Don't you remember what I told you 
that Pharaoh would say no and would not like you giving the message that I told you to give? Did you forget that? Yes, he forgot that. Out of emotion, he forgot it. But he also then said, then he blames God even more. Neither have you delivered your people at all. Why hasn't it happened yet? <laughs> Why isn't this not happening? I highly encourage you. If this is place is what you this is this place is what you call your home, I highly encourage you you come to uh, Koinonia tonight, because that story gets played out tonight. I'll tell you that story tonight. That'll be a little teaser for y'all to come. Because there's nothing new under the sun in many times, right? There, there, it, it, just, it plays out in our own lives, not only back then for Moses. It plays out even in my life as, as a pastor. So I encourage you to come. Because as we see this, do we come to the Lord? Do we ask him? Do we come humbly to him and say, Lord, I know I'm in your will. I know you've chosen me as your servant and Aaron as well, because I wouldn't do it by myself like you asked me to, but you accommodated me to bring my brother. And we're going to go out and, and, there's, and I should have expected opposition. I should have expected misunderstanding. I should expect these things. Why? Because you told me this was going to happen. It's part of being a leader. You will get opposition. You will have misunderstanding as a servant, as a leader. Expect it. Pour out your hearts and seek his strength and wisdom through all of that. Go back as a leader, as a servant, as you serve God in whatever capacity he has. Go back to his promises. Go back to what he said. Go back to what he's shown and confirmed by this word of what you need to do. And then you'll be able to be trusting him through the trouble that you're facing at work, at home, in the church, wherever it may be. And I'm going to leave you with some verses I thought were just really powerful verses I think was really good uh, for this moment, Psalm 59, 16. But I will sing of your power. Yes, I will sing aloud of your mercy in the morning. For you have been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. Isn't that a sweet verse? Psalm 54, 7. For he has delivered me out of all trouble. And lastly, 2 Chronicles 15, verse 4. But when in their trouble they turned to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, and he, capital H, God, was found by them. We need to seek God with all of our heart and mind, soul, and strength, my brothers and sisters. And when you seek him, you will find him. And he will be with you, and he will comfort you, strengthen you, and he will deliver you through all the trouble. If you're trusting through the trouble, if you're trusting him through the trouble, watch him deliver you. Amen?